0: Go to standard.co.uk forward slash AXA Startup Angel for details on how to enter and complete your entry by the 2nd of June 2024. Good luck. ES Audio.
1: From the Evening Standard in London, I'm John Weeks and this is The Leader.
0: High fever, tiredness not drinking, refusing to eat, very red sore throats.
1: Just some of the symptoms we've been hearing about in recent weeks associated with strep A, a bacterial infection that's rising in the UK. The majority of infections are relatively mild, but it can sometimes cause a serious illness called invasive group A streptococcal disease, which occurs when the bacteria gets into the bloodstream. In recent weeks, nine children have died with the bacterial infection in the UK. And Schools Minister Nick Gibb has suggested that preventative antibiotics could be given to children at schools affected by Strep A. So what exactly do parents need to look out for? How can we avoid infection? And are antibiotics the answer to tackling this latest health issue impacting the country? Joining me now to talk through her experience is mum of three Haley Tilby, his fourteen-year-old son was recently diagnosed with a strep infection. Haley, you've been through the experience. You're going through the experience of strep with your son. Talk us through what happened.
0: Well, my son went to school on the Tuesday, was perfectly fine. Came home, fine again in the evening. In the early hours of the morning, he had a fever, so he woke up in the night. Then in the morning, he still had a fever and was feeling unwell. So because he has autism and ADHD, I'm a bit more worried about him when he's unwell, because he gets a bit more distressed. But I thought, treat it at home, extra fluids, lots of rests. Then the second day he said his throat was hurting him. It didn't seem to be getting any better. So in the evening, there was a news story about Strep A. And I did wonder, whether he could have that just because the symptoms were similar. So the next day, when he still was unwell, I called my GP. When I phoned, they said that a GP will call me back in the morning. So within we about half an hour, I had a phone call from our GP and he said to go down there. So we went down not long after and he checked out my son and said he thinks it's strep or glandular fever, but he took a swab for strep. And then said the results would come back after the weekend and then gave a prescription straight away for antibiotics. And you
1: mentioned the, the symptoms that your son had were similar to the ones you'd heard about in the news. What were some of those symptoms he was experiencing?
0: With the, the fever and the throat, it seemed more than just a general viral. He's, he's had things like tonsillitis or colds in the past. And normally after the fever breaks, he perks up a bit and he wasn't drinking and eating. Even if I offered him different drinks, he still just wasn't himself. And I thought I should get this checked out rather than continuing with the fluids and the rest, because I just felt worried after reading that, because it's not worth taking that risk to kind of wait and see. And how have the
1: antibiotics been working? How have you found your son getting better really, I suppose, while taking the antibiotics?
0: Yeah, they did make a difference straight away. Like his his throat was very, very red and that went down quite quickly after about two days. And he was starting to eat more again. He's been a bit up and down. So he's been quite tired, sort of rested all weekend, but he's still been able to go to school in between and do what he normally does. He just still just needs a little, little bit longer to recover, get his energy levels back, really. But I, I think had he not had them, I, it could have been a different story. And I do worry, you know, where people are saying that they're not able to access them in some places or they're not readily available.
1: So what would your advice be to other parents, Haley, if their child or children develop similar symptoms to, to your son?
0: I think just make sure you're alert. My son's 14, and I think that's probably an age where you know you're not as worried straight away as you would for say a younger child and there's quite a lot of information out there where they say for a baby or for a small child I think you need to be aware for teenagers as well and you know your child and how they're acting differently and what normally works for them to make them feel better if they're still not perking up, if they're not Wanting to eat or drink, and something doesn't feel right, I think it's always worth asking the doctors. It's better to be safe than sorry. My son's obviously had a positive outcome, and I'm absolutely heartbroken for those children that have had the invasive strep.
1: Let's take a break now in part two. The Evening Standards health reporter Daniel Keane discusses why we've seen this recent outbreak.
2: Professor Dr. Nicole Robb said that the current conditions are a perfect storm for respiratory disease.
3: Hi, I'm Lawrence Tolaglio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance.
1: Joining me now is the Evening Standards health reporter, Daniel Keane. So, Daniel, it feels like over the last few weeks, we've been learning more and more about strep A. Can you just talk us through this recent outbreak? What exactly has been happening?
2: Sure. So we know that strep A season has started a lot earlier than usual this year, and infections are certainly a lot higher than they would normally be. Strep A itself is a common bacteria. So a lot of people suffer from strep throat as a child and, and as an adult. But while it is a common bacteria, it can cause a much more serious, what they call invasive group A infection. And in some cases as well, a condition called scarlet fever. So what's been really concerning people is that nine children have died so far. The most recently confirmed was today in Northern Ireland. And essentially, NHS figures are are worried that that a wider outbreak will have more people coming to NHS 111, coming to A&E. There's quite a few different ways in which this outbreak could, could fuel a lot of concern in the NHS and understandably among parents in the population.
1: And I understand there are various different symptoms, a long list of symptoms that are attributed to strep A. And I understand different combinations can mean different levels of severity. What should parents be looking out for?
2: So the milder symptoms that you might see if you have strep A are a sore throat or a skin infection. However, if you have scarlet fever, you might have those symptoms, so a sore throat, a headache, but also a fever or a sort of pinkish red body rash. And the rash will have a specific feel of kind of almost like a sandpapery feel. So that's what health authorities have really been urging parents to look out for. In terms of the more severe disease, so if you have the invasive infection, you should be looking for, you know, really high fever, quite severe muscle aches, unexplained vomiting. And if your child has any of these symptoms, you really need to seek medical help immediately. The key with strep A is early treatment. So it's about spotting symptoms early and getting the antibiotics, which can reduce the risk of complications like pneumonia or a bloodstream infection.
1: And we have had nine deaths in the UK in recent weeks from strep A. But I understand the majority of infections aren't generally cause for concern. Is that right?
2: Yes, that's correct. So I think it's important that we, we strike a balance in terms of our communication and sort of ensuring people are aware of the symptoms and they're picking up on severe symptoms and making sure that they're intervening early if their child is very ill, but also not to panic parents and to panic people. So most children will have a very mild experience of this illness and this is something that medical experts have been stressing.
1: So how does this infection spread and what are the best ways to avoid it? So it's spread
2: through close contact. So. If you're in a group setting, like a, a school or a care home, then unfortunately, you are more susceptible to to getting this bacterial infection. And outside of sort of withdrawing your, withdrawing your child from those settings, then there isn't really a way to prevent infection. However, children who do have symptoms of scarlet fever are asked to not leave home 24 hours after the start of antibiotic treatment to avoid spreading it to others. So I think if you have those scarlet fever symptoms that we mentioned, make sure your child is staying at home. But in terms of strep A, there isn't really a way to prevent infection. For example, you know, the the measures that we use to prevent transmission of COVID, like self-isolation, would just never really come into play here. So I think, unfortunately, they will get this infection. It may well be mild, but keep an eye on those symptoms to make sure that they
1: don't get worse. You mentioned COVID there, and there have been suggestions that a lack of mixing between kids over the lockdowns during COVID could have led to a bit of a drop in our overall immunity. Is that a good indication of why there has been such a rise in infections this winter?
2: Well, I think there's quite a lot of debate going on in the sort of scientific, epidemiological community about this. And some senior health officials have suggested that the early start to the strep A season is due to the effect on immunity levels caused by COVID measures. So Dr. Susan Hopkins, who's the chief medical advisor of the UK Health Security Agency, said last week that the easing of restrictions meant infections such as Strep A spreading more quickly. You also had virologist professor Dr. Nicole Robb said that the current conditions are a perfect storm for respiratory disease. So we do usually see an increase in all types of infections during the winter months. I think it's important to note this. Flu cases are very high. COVID cases seem to sort of plateau a couple of weeks ago, but have now seen a very slight uptick. I think we're at a stage now where, yes, there well may have been kind of lost immunity due to sort of a lack of exposure during the past couple of years. But it's just too early to say, as there just isn't this sort of sufficient scientific analysis out there to kind of confirm that opinion. But in the coming three to four weeks, we'll have a much better idea of, of what the outbreak looks like what has fueled it. So it's kind of a mixed picture at the moment.
1: And it looks like preventative antibiotics could be rolled out to schools affected by strep A. What do you make of that potential move? And do you think it's likely to happen?
2: So I think this this is a move that could be potentially a little bit controversial. Uh, so doctors don't normally advise the mass prescription of antibiotics. But last night, the i newspaper reported that the government was urging doctors to prescribe penicillin proactively, that actually antibiotics could even be given out to whole year groups. The important thing to stress, I think, is this won't be a kind of national plan. Health officials have said that it's part of guidance for local outbreak control teams. So you could have antibiotics, yeah, as I said, given to year groups on a case-by-case basis if they see a severe outbreak of strep A. It may well be a way to get, to get a hold on particularly bad outbreaks in some schools, and it might put some parents' minds at ease.
1: There's more news, interviews and analysis in the Evening Standard newspaper and at standard.co.uk. That's The Leader. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow afternoon at four o'clock.